This is Getting Into It with Grant, so let's get into it. So I want to talk with you about how does a person get into IT? This is a question that I get asked from time to time on LinkedIn from people who are either high school students or people in college or recent college graduates who are looking to get a job now, or even people who are later in their career and are looking to switch things up because they've heard that IT is really highly paying. And it can be. I, I don't think the entire industry is high paying. Uh, but there are certainly the people who have been in the field for a while who are making six figures and more. And uh, you can be one of those people if you stick with it and learn the right skills, apply them on the job, and are good at what you do. That's the key. IT is really a merit-based field in my experience. Um, and the people who can produce the best solutions, the, the quickest solutions, are good at working with other people. Those are the ones who succeed ultimately, and they're the ones that you see moving into those senior engineering positions and leadership positions, and they get rewarded for the skills and experience that they bring to the table. But it takes a while to get to that part. Uh, it's probably the biggest bummer that I, I hear from people who have graduated college and got an entry-level job in engineering is they thought they would get six figures right out of the gate. And sometimes it happens, but it doesn't always happen. Depends on the company that you go to work for and the skill set that you're bringing to the table. So uh, there's a lot of variables here that you need to consider. So the first thing I want to start off here with is if you want a job in IT, are you interested in it? Being interested in IT is super important for being successful in IT because if you're not interested in this kind of work, you're not going to want to go into work every single day. You're not going to want to work hard. You're not going to want to, <laughs> to excel in your career and get the even higher priority, more risky, more uh, stressful projects with more money on the line. You, you're just not going to want to do that. You're going to want to come in and do the bare minimum to collect your paycheck. And I'll tell you right now, those kind of people are not the ones who are going to get the senior engineering positions or the leadership positions. It's very obvious when you come into work and you're disengaged. So before you go into this field, have some interest in IT. Don't be chasing a high paycheck. I knew that I was interested in this field uh, back in high school. I had a TI-86 calculator. And if you've ever played with those before, you know that they've got a programming function on them. I discovered the programming function in study hall and you know over the course of a few weeks I just figured out how to build a whack-a-mole game and that became something that I played with and that was the introduction into software engineering. I really really loved solving the problem of getting the code to run to perform a task successfully. I loved debugging it and making it work perfectly. And that led me to discovering that Java is a programming language and Python's a programming language. And little high school Grant bought some books on Java and Python and tried to learn, but I was unsuccessful, really, um, until I got to college. I decided to major in computer engineering in the very first semester. Um, one of my classes was C++ and C programming. And that is where I actually really learned the basics and the fundamentals of software engineering and loved that course. I was not the best programmer in the, in the class at the time. It was very computer science-y. So while I could write the code, I couldn't solve the computer science problems as well as my peers, but I still was successful at the end of the day, ended up graduating, and that led me into a software engineering career. Um, I'll get into that in another video, but the, ultimately what I learned is that software engineering is not just my job, it's my hobby. And to this day, I still come home 
after my family is all asleep in bed, I'm awake and I'm writing software in the evenings because I like to do that. I don't have to do that at all. I'm a manager now. Um, I'm not paid to write software on the job, <clears throat> but I like to do it in my personal time and I still have projects that I contribute to. So that's the very first thing I would recommend is find out if you've got any interest in engineering by writing software and see if you like it. If you don't like it, you're probably not going to want to go into this field as an engineer. There are a lot of other roles that you could still play. You could be a business analyst or a project manager or a scrum master. I will talk about those in length in other videos, but um, my personal background is in software engineering, and so that's one that I really want to focus on is being a software engineer in information technology. So once you find out or discover whether or not you're interested in IT, the next thing to do is to figure out, can you do it? There's a variety of ways that you can figure that out. And like I said, I discovered that I liked programming the TI-86 calculator. It's a basic uh, type of a programming language. It's not a real programming language. It's like programming on training wheels. And I could do that, but I, I couldn't figure out how to, how to write Java or Python on my own by myself. It wasn't until college that I learned how to really write software. That was my path. That's not everybody's path. My college degree did open some doors for me in the field because some employers require that before they will hire you, but not everybody. A lot of places don't actually require a four-year degree um, or even a four-year degree in, in engineering or science. One of the best programmers that I've ever worked with in my career had a degree in history. History. And here he was writing multi-million dollar applications for a Fortune 100 company. And he was doing that job because he could do that job. The thing that I think was most interesting was that his degree was in history. And somehow this guy had learned how to write software well enough that he was able to lead a team to build the applications that they did that were so immensely complex and complicated and you've got usually a team of seven to 12 people working on a software engineering project at that scale it's a lot of moving parts it's really difficult to keep all of that stuff running and so this guy did it without even having a college education that was focused on that engineering discipline so i mean good on him for doing that some other engineers that i've known have gone through a program called code up i'll go ahead and give them a shout out because they're here in dallas I think they're Dallas and San Antonio, but they've got 20-week courses that will get you the skills that you need, and then they've got partnerships with corporations that will get you a job after you've got the skills. So it's kind of a kind of like a pipeline of getting people, you know, into the the field. So I really liked working with them and some of the engineers that I worked with after that program. They were just absolutely stellar. So I'd I'd recommend them as well if you were looking to go a you know non-college route into the field. Well, my point here is if you can do the job and show us in an interview that you can do the job, then you'll probably get the job. So if you're interested in IT and you can do the work, then apply for a position in IT. I'll tell you from personal experience that there are more jobs in the industry than there are people to fill them. So there's plenty of things for you to apply to if you can do the job. The only catch here is apply for a job that you're qualified for. I can't tell you how many interviews that I've performed over the past five, seven years that people have come in for and they're unprepared for the interview. Their skill sets don't match. Why do they get the interview, you ask? 
because they lied on their resume. They said they had the skills that I was looking for and they passed some basic assessment over the phone with me or someone else and they come in and we give them a much more rigorous um, set of questions or problems to solve and they fail outright. Uh, I'm doing my best as a manager to make sure that we find these folks earlier in the hiring process, make sure we're getting the right candidates for the position in. Um, but that's advice to you is apply for positions that you're qualified for. Don't just go out there and apply for a hundred different positions. Uh, if you think you know software engineering, oh, I can program in Java. Don't apply for a Python position. It's a different language. It's, it's completely different. Apply for the things that are relevant to you. And if you don't have those skills, learn those skills and then apply for those jobs. Every single um, team in the world has what we call a tech stack. And that tech stack defines what the core capabilities of that team are. And not every software engineering team is the same. Some of them focus on mobile development. In mobile development teams, you're probably going to be an Android programmer or an iOS programmer. You'll need to know Swift as a programming language for iOS or Objective-C. On Android, you'll need to know Java. But it's not just Java. It's the Android way of writing Java. Java. And then if you're in a full stack development team, you're going to be writing front end user interface components. You're going to be writing back end software. You're probably going to be interfacing with a database. So you need to understand about databases. You need to understand back end software programming languages like Java or Node.js. On the front end, you're going to need to know JavaScript more than likely or some framework in JavaScript like Angular or React to build your UIs in. That's a whole discipline in and of itself, very different than mobile software developer. And then you've got other um, teams that, are, that may be writing scripts. If you work in IT operations instead of a software development team, you could be writing Python scripts um, or, I don't know, shell scripts or Ruby scripts or, or something else that is kind of its own discipline. It's a, it's a different way of software engineering. So whatever your skill sets are, make sure you're applying for the positions that are relevant to you uh, because that you're going to be assessed on those if you get called in for an interview. And hopefully you will. There's not really a magical formula for getting called in for an interview. If you've got the skills and you wrote your resume in a manner that convinces somebody on the other side that you could probably do the job they're looking for, and you may not know all of the requirements that are in their head, you only get what is in the job requisition to apply for, then maybe you'll get lucky enough to get called back. But wait a day and a new job rec is going to be posted somewhere else. There's plenty of jobs out there to apply for. Um, so stick with it and continue to apply. Sometimes it'll take you a little bit of time to get that call back and go in for the interview. But again, if you're interested in this field and you've got the skills, then you're going to just blow the interview out of the water. You're going to do awesome. So um, keep that in mind when you go in for the interview. Just be confident. And I know that that's easier said than done. But if you can do the job, you know you can do the job. So just go in and answer the questions that are relevant to the job you applied for. Should be easy. I've done it. I can't tell you how many times. Go to LinkedIn and, and look at how many times I've done that in my career. I've interviewed for more positions than I've worked at companies. And I worked at a lot in 15 years. So uh, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm nothing special at all. I just know what I'm doing in IT. I hope you learned something from my experience. I'm going to be making many more episodes, so I hope you'll listen again and check out my YouTube. 
go to grantdryden.com YouTube, like, subscribe, and comment, or you can always email me at hello at grantdryden.com if you have questions you want me to answer. We'll see you next time.